Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and uh, for some reason, when I bought a bunch of pair of shorts this week, they're all left-handed shorts. <laughs> left-handed shorts? Oh, boy, how can that be? And I am the Champ, and if this were 2020, the baseball season would just be starting. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it started this time, about, about this time last year, the 60-game sprint. So that just goes to show you how long the baseball season is, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely a marathon, man. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I you remember how we talked about the um, inverted uh, bell bell curve for baseball, the interest of the season. Uh, I I think I'm ebbing, uh, or is it ebbing, flowing? I don't know. Uh, I'm hitting the, the the bottom, the trough of my interest. Cardinals not playing well. You know, I'll catch a couple innings, maybe toward the end, but. Um, yeah, um, my interest will start to pick back up, I guess, in, in August. What about you? Yeah, my interest starts leaning towards teams that play good baseball. And I, I, mm. I, so if I see the Astros on, I'll watch them. If I see the Rays on, I'll watch them. Uh, the Padres, so when you talk I'll about good baseball, you're only talking about four National League teams. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the Brewers play in a long time and they've, they're playing really well. So I, I wish I, yes. I wish I got a chance to see them. I won't watch the Dodgers just cause I hate them, but I, I will watch the, the Padres, the Rays and the Astros. Cause I feel like they play good baseball and that's what, that's what draws the interest here. Once my team, the Phillies are out, I mean, they're out of it. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you and I have gone over this almost weekly and that's why you know, they got two games over 500, and then they then they go two games below, then they're at 500. I mean, it doesn't matter whether they add someone or not. It just doesn't matter. They're okay. Just, they're just All right. good. But anyway, I, I get what you're saying. This is where, it, it, in my ebb and flow, is I start getting drawn to teams to play good baseball. Yeah, this this, this is the dog days. Um, tell me about left-handed shorts. Yeah, so I, and I, occasionally I'll go to Marshall's. You know what Marshall's is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's kind of hit and miss, but I needed new shorts. I, I So I, I found like four pair there. I found two pair the other week and then two pair yesterday. But <clears throat> they're left-handed. And this is what I mean by the left-handed shorts. They have two pockets in the back, but only the one on the left you can put a wallet or your keys in. The one on the right's not real. So I think the whole world's <laughs> built for right-handed people. Right, it, the, whole, the whole world's built for people who are five nine and over and right-handed. <laughs> well, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, now you, you went to Marshalls and you said that the the back right pocket was it's closed. It's just for show or something. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's fake. Are, are you sure? Are you sure you're not pulling a Michael Scott and shopping in the women's section? <laughs> I've I've checked that. Just, okay. Yeah, it, n- none of my shorts say are made by Mysterious. <laughs> Are you buying shirts that button on the opposite side? No, nope, they're, they're guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're, All right. They're I just want to be sure. Shorts. Yeah. But and that's what I mean. They're left-handed, and most people are right-handed, and most people, prop, right-handed people, put their wallet or keys in their right back pocket. All right, so so first first of all, there's a couple of things that are dating you there. Number one, who even carries a wallet anymore? And number two, uh, you know, it, it, there's no really keys. It's just a fob. Yeah, but, these st- days. but it's still something you got to carry. All right. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah, true true enough. Yeah, so it's annoying that I have left-handed shorts, but they're comfortable. <laughs> left-handed shorts. Yeah. 
left-handed shorts. Yeah. I think that's today's uh, title of the podcast. Left-handed shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get off of that. Um, so, it, it, as a follow-up, you know, we we you brought up Statcast a couple times the past month or so. Um, and we had talked about BABIP and FIP and all these all these crazy uh, analytical statistics that we understand, but we really don't understand it that well. Correct. Right. So you, yes. you found some stats that I found pretty interesting, and it, it, maybe this explains some, some things in, in performance, right? So one of them was pitcher barrel rate, right? Yes. Pitcher barrel rate. What is that? Um, it, it's a measure against pitchers. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a rate, so they're taking the percentage of times that batters barrel the ball, and barrels um, are considered balls hit over 95 miles per hour. Okay, all right, I get that. So Jake Arrieta leads the league, which is bad, in pitcher yes. barrel rate. Uh, I guess we'll refer to it as PBR. Uh, Arietta has a 47.7%, so that's... Is that saying that forty-seven percent of the pitches hit against him, the the hitter barrels the baseball? I, I have to believe that it yes that balls put in play. Ball so put in play. It, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that it excludes foul balls or obviously strikeouts or walks because it's not in play. That yeah they're hitting the ball and they're hitting the ball not only hitting the ball but they're hitting the ball hard. So this is the contra. This yeah. can explain why he you know he may have a high BABIP batting average of balls in place because people are hitting the ball hard, really hard against him. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's, he, he would be like the wiffle ball equivalent of Tom pitching where everybody barreled up against Tom. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I, I, that I would believe that Jake Arietta leads the national league in that because yeah, he has an ERA of six thirty <laughs> and a whip of 1.6. So Yikes. That would be the, outcome of guys hitting the ball hard off you uh peacock is, is that the guy from the marlins who is that um i, I think he, i think he plays for um for arizona uh, okay. i think it's matt peacock all right and then stroman, stroman. yeah marcus stroman which i thought was kind of strange that mm. he was high what what, what what his barrel rate 44 and a half see that's kind of do you think that's kind of high for a person that has uh, an era at 2.58 i just but 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 these are you know these can be anomalies statistically and and they're not meant to be measured on their own i, I think they have to be these metrics have to be combined with other things to help explain where a pitcher's at yeah and it, it some of that 44 and a half percent may be coming second third time through the lineup right yeah yeah it, it quite could, possibly yeah, it could be that, that would be interesting right to, yeah. to see barrel rates first second third time and i'm sure they they have those metrics yeah and I think with Stroman, he probably tries to sneak his fastball, which at times is 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 a good fastball. But if if the hitter's guessing right, the major league hitter's going to hit that thing. Yeah. Yeah. If he throws it around the plate, I mean, they're, they're going to put the wood on it. Um, okay. So I added a little bush league stuff into the stat cast, and uh, I I thought of myself and the stat man. We probably had when we were pitching, probably had a. Uh, a pitcher barrel rate of about fifteen percent. Would you? <laughs> that, that, that I'm, I'm estimating that Bill or I would probably have two pitches an inning where 
people could had the opportunity to put good good plastic on it. Really? Okay. All right. Well, I I, I probably would have bought, brought your average um, up a little bit tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. First pitch strike. This this percentage I love. I, I think this is an indicator of someone who's going to get through an inning. Uh, Julio Urias at seventy percent. That is awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Kyle Hendricks at just under 70%. Tyler Rogers at 69%. Is that Trevor, Trevor Rogers? That, that, that was Trevor Rogers. That's Trevor yeah. Rogers. Okay. And then, yeah, which, which explains his success as a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. Pounded the strike zone. And just not, I'm sure they're just not, you know, over the plate. Um, and I, I think it's taken advantage of, of a lot of hitters not swinging at the first pitch. You know? There's, there's what, was your, what was your approach as a hitter in high school and college? Were you a first pitch swinger? Uh, I hated getting behind the count. I hated it. Okay. And, and my, my junior college coach would ride me constantly. Ride me constantly for not taking okay. pitches. But I, I, when I was in junior college, I let off. And I knew that the first pitch of the game was going to be a strike right down the middle fastball. So I think that's the only pitch. I know where it's going to be and what it what's coming. Yeah, right. Let it go. Yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That, so, that was baseball back then. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then Reyes at forty eight point nine. Is that the top four? Is that how quickly it drops off? No, no, no. Oh. I, he was at the. I, I apologize for that. He he was at the complete opposite end. I should have put at, at the low end. Okay. And um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because of all the success. Yeah. That he's quote had. If you watch him pitch, you wouldn't be surprised at that number. And, and I think that's he, he just finally blew his his first save. But um, it's probably a harbinger of of things to come if you can't get that first strike in, particularly if you're protecting a, a late inning lead. Yeah, with people on. Yeah. 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 And that's a position, especially I don't know about Reyes, but a guy like Naris, closers that are shaky. You know, hitters yeah. are you're, you're going to have to pitch me two strikes before I even start attempting to swing at a baseball. <laughs> well, if we had the statistic in wiffle ball, where do you think you would be at, you and Bill? I think Bill and I would be at ninety percent, with the other ten percent hit the metal. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, then, <laughs> then, then, then you just have to just have to uh, unless you're putting that ball in a perfect spot. I guess people are just. Uh, are trying to barrel up on you on that first pitch, right? Because it's the best one they're going to see. Yeah, there, well, a couple guys I would give them one pitch to hit, but guys like okay. you, I wouldn't, because I know you'd smoke me, so I can't do that. Yeah, I, I'm guessing Bill and I were right around the ninety percent. The other, the, and, wow, and the, the remaining percentage hit metal. Okay, I, I'd be curious to see what Bill. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, and the other one I think would be around that is Galante, if you remember Jim. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think he would be right around that number, too. All right, hard hit. So we'll go to the offensive side. Hard hit percentage. Uh, this is a percentage where balls in play that th- these offensive players barreled the baseball. Is that, is that yep. kind of what it is? Yes, correct. Yep, yep, over 95. So yep. T- Tatis and Soto essentially lead the league at 55.3 and 55.1%. I guess there's no surprise there, is no. there? No, and that, that shows all Tatis's production. Um, and then Goldschmidt's right behind at 54.9. I, I've seen highlights of him lately because he's on my team. I, I think he's really – he has a great approach at the at-bat. 
And yeah, he does. He, he's he's been man. smoking the ball as of late. I really, you know, I really never got the chance to watch him a lot being in Arizona and then since he's right. been in St. Louis. But for a big guy, he has one of the shortest swings that I've ever seen for a big guy. It, it, interesting you say that because I was just about to mention that. It is it is short and compact, right? And all of a sudden you, you see the swing and the ball's traveling 440 feet. I'm like, what the heck just happened there? Yeah, well, it, yeah, he, he, and that's probably why when he was, you know, MVP candidate, he didn't strike out a lot. I don't know what his strikeout rate is now. I mean, it's probably a little higher. He's getting a little older, but yeah, it's moved up. But yeah, when he when he's on, and he's been hitting the baseball well for two months now, because his ER, his batting average is pretty bad, and it, I think it's in the two. Well, now he's hitting two seventy, so he's really picked it up. Uh, he's got eighty six strikeouts and four hundred plate appearances uh yeah so he's going to be about 120 strikeouts yeah yeah, yeah. ballpark which is um it, it, that's that's low for him because he's he's going through seasons where he struck out 150 to 170 times so anyway i just want to make a note of that on the low end hey, good. It, 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 it helps it helps having uh nolan arenado hitting behind you as opposed to uh Matt Carpenter or Yadier Molina, huh? Yeah, because you know you're going to get the ball around the plate. He don't want to walk you with with that. You know, he don't want to put guys on base. But that's good for him, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's taking yeah. advantage of it. His strikeout rate is at 20.7, which is – I want to say that league average, or it used to be somewhere in the area of about 22% was league average. Um, so, he, he, you know, he he's still slightly under that. Yeah. Yeah, and lately he probably hasn't struck out a lot at all. So, um, all right, on the low end of this, Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier. Kevin Newman has a 24.5% hard hit ball rate. And Frazier's at 26. So one of those seems to be an anomaly, right? Because Kevin Newman, we talked about last week, um, just how unproductive he was. So that's not really a surprise. But Adam Frazier... With, with his over 300 batting average, you know, if you just take the batting average and this hard hit rate tells me that he's just, you know, I don't know, seeing eye singles, dumping the ball over second baseman's head, something like that. I, I don't know. How do you explain it? Well, I think there's a lot of guys that made a career of that. I mean, that's not his role to put the ball over the wall or against the wall. His role is to put the ball in play. I imagine a guy like Larry Boa, who had 2,000 major league hits, his hard hit rate's probably in the low 30s, right? Mm. Guy made a yeah. living doing that. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong. I, 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 I think some players have a role in the lineup, and Frazier knows his role. I mean, he could hit the ball harder, but he's probably gonna make a lot more outs. He's gonna hit fly balls. Um, I, I, I have no problem. With what Adam Frazier does, I, I think you need to know what type of player you are. Yeah, his his, his strikeout rate is ten point six, and his walk rate is eight point three. So you know just that, um, and, and and his contact rate is eighty eight percent. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. That's really good. And it, you know, ten fifteen years ago, you got a guy on base with Adam Frazier, you can pretty much send that that runner and know when Frazier's going to put the ball in play. So so he's really a throwback, isn't he? To you know, um, 70s, 80s, 90s type of player. 70s and 80s, I guess. Yeah, that's probably what he is. Yeah. 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 
But if, if he can uh, pick uh, up the baseball uh, and hit 300, who cares? I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going to be traded. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny though. Yeah, how much value Adam Frazier has other than hey, you can have a second baseman that's going to hit between 285 and 310 and pick up the baseball and make the pivot on a double play. You know what I mean? You don't you don't really get much else out of him, but that's all you need if you have other hitters. Well, I'm thinking when he look really good in a White Sox lineup, batting ninth, where you don't really have to carry it. When when a team like the White Sox are getting Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert back. Yeah, batting ninth with the White Sox is do turn the lineup over. Just turn yeah. the lineup over. Yep, get hit. I don't care what you do. Take four pitches, turn the lineup over. Yeah. And he's Tony Larusa type player. Uh, he that's he's a that's the player that Tony Larusa would love to have. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it'd be good for him to get on a winning team. Um, and then sprint speed. Uh, Trey Turner leads. Uh, Trey Turner and Tim LaCastro at thirty point seven. Thirty point yes. seven feet per second. Yeah, thirty point right. seven feet per second. Yep. And then Jorge Mateo right behind him. Um, that's getting down the line pretty quickly. Man. Yeah. So you thirty point seven feet per second. If they hit a ball, ground ball that bounces three times, they're safe. Well, that means you know they get down the line in you know ninety feet in in, in three seconds, yeah. under slightly under three seconds. Yep. Yeah. If, if the if the infielders don't get to that ball in two hops, he he's gonna, they're standing on base. <laughs> that that puts a, that puts a lot of pressure on you as a fielder, right? Yeah. There's probably a they they probably don't ground it. The, 10 double plays in their career, let alone no. in a game. Uh, and then the low end, this is obviously not surprising. Pablo Sandoval at 22.4, <laughs> Pulhos at 22.5. Yeah, I'm, that seems a little high for him when I've seen him run. And then Molina at 23.1. So here's what interests me is I, I wonder how they measure that because there's got to be times I've seen Molina – hit balls to a shortstop with a runner on first and double play. He's still only halfway down the line. I don't know if he's just given up. I, I don't know when they measure that. If it's just a close play, if there's no runners on base, I, I don't know. But it it was just interesting. Yeah. And then I, I, I threw Bill and I in here again. I think I would be at a 15 and Bill would be at a, about a 50. <laughs> uh, the, 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 were, were these days gone by or this would be today? Either one. <laughs> I think it would okay. be either one. So uh, let me ask you: Have you ever gotten? Have you ever grounded out in a wiffle ball game? Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have? Not often. Yeah. No, but you, you've done it. You've you've hit a ground yeah, ball. I'm sure and I have. Someone has made a play. Yeah, I mean it, it. It had hadn't happened often, but yes. All right. Yeah, that I, I I'm sure I've done it. Yeah, plenty of times. All right, yeah, so that was pretty interesting. I, you, you like that stat cast thing now, don't you? Kind of getting into that. Um, it, it, it's, it's more freaky stats, yeah. if you will, in, in my mind. It's like the Guinness Book of World Records. You look in it for just, you know, anomalies, if you, if you will. Um, but, but as we it said, it, it's really stats to be measured in conjunction with, with, with other stats. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I definitely get it. All right, let's hit the standings here. Um, yeah, okay. So we'll hit the overall first. We, Bob's at a precarious situation right now, the Sewerhawks. He's, he's still 50 points in batting. He's got 33 pitching. He's got 83 total. The stat men are right behind him at 81 and a half. Um, 
The Lakers dropped again at 68. Dudes at 60. Uh, a good pitching week this week. We'll cover that. Bulls at 58. Yes. You're at 55. I'm at 48. Uh, Rebs at 46. And then the Bearcats and the Ducks. Um, precarious because this week could be the start of a, of a turn, you think? I, I, I do. I, I, I do. And, and l- let me explain why I think that. Um, I, I took a look at, I'm, I'm just bringing up uh, Stuart Hawk's roster right now, and um, he's going to take some zeros this week. Um, he has, so from an offensive standpoint, he only has three reserves, and all three um, are on the IL or IL slash minors. And he has three other players in his active roster, um, Molina, Brendan Rogers, and Max Muncy, that are also out this week. So he's going to take three zeros in that spot. Now, having said that, he's built himself up uh, a nice little lead that I don't think he's going to come off that 50 um, points in offense next week. But I'm also looking at Bill's team this week, and Bill has three players that that have eight games. Um, the Mets and the um, the Mets and the Braves play a doubleheader on 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 Monday. That coupled with the fact that Bob has players taking zeros, I, I think it's really a chance for um, the Statmen to make up some ground. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm looking at the pitching part. As well, because I, I think you're right with the sewer hawks and the and the offense. I, I think he if he drops a point, that'll be it. Um, so look, can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Do, do you think Christian Yelich can make his roster now? <laughs> yeah, I think he could. I think. Okay. I All think, right. Just just uh, just asking. Be be careful what you say, Bob yeah, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know where he can uh, move up in pitching. I see where he can move down. But I don't. I guess the, uh, wins obviously. Yeah, wins is somewhere he can he can gain if if he can, you know. And and him and Rick have the have the hammer on the uh, Fab money. So uh, well, I don't know if it, it's funny. We're, we're we're focusing. You're, you're you're absolutely right. I'd focused on the offensive side of things. But if he has if he the Sewerhawks has a bad pitching week, he can be passed by both the Lakers and the Statmen in terms of ERA. It doesn't take that much to flip ERA. No, it takes a uh, Tawan Walker one third of an inning, six runs to flip that. Knocking the ball out of bounds, yeah, yeah. flipping the ball out of bounds and three runner score or something like that. Yeah, out I get you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're right. It it doesn't take a lot, uh, and I I. I think I mean I don't know if he has enough juice to pass Rick and K's. He's ten back of you and saves. I, I think that he'd have to he'd have to trade for like Canley Jensen to get to make up that. Well, well, I, I well that that might be a bad example right after Jensen's week. Yeah, this, but you know, this past I mean. week blowing two saves against yeah. the Giants. How great is that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I met someone who's a ha- lockdown. He's gonna you know, yeah yeah. Are, are you suggesting like a Josh Hader? I like a Hader. Like a hater yeah. would be someone mm-hmm. that could help, mm-hmm. and then wins. Um, yeah, it, it, he could he it, he could make some ground and wins, especially if he came knocking at my door or your door. Yeah, because that that would be a flip, right? 
Yeah. 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 If he came knocking on our doors, uh, he certainly could make a move in that. But I agree with you offensively. I don't think he needs anything. I think he can hang he, on. He, you know, we, we've, we've kind of talked about Bill's team all season long has just been really steady, right? Yeah. They've been the Nick Marcakis of the league, boringly yeah. awesome. And they've, they've just done enough every week, week in and week out to, you know, they've, what, seemingly have been top three every week and just, just enough to hang around waiting for these kind of situations. Yep. Uh, if we move to the to the standings for the period, Bill led to 83, and I was 20 points behind him at second second for the week. Uh, so you can see that was a pretty pretty good week. You're right behind me at 63. The Ducks had a good week this week. Uh, yeah. Dudes had 56. Uh, 40, uh, 39 and a half came from their pitching. They had a great pitching week. Dudes. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. And, and you know, we – we often talk about, and we much malign um, Blake Snell, but but we we talked about how he needed good starts from Blake Snell, and he got one last week. It actually got a couple good starts, didn't he? He got one from Wade Miley and uh, uh, Kyle Freeman as well. Yeah, and it, the shame of it is he only got two wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you know it, it'd be nice to to have like I mean his his pitching was good enough to have four wins, maybe even five. So. Well, well, but 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 here's the thing. He only had three starts last week. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, he had three right. starts, and in all three of the starts, he got quality starts. Yeah, good for him. All right. Um, yeah, and then you know the dudes with the pitching—that's their biggest obstacle right now, getting into the money. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. How he's trying to address that in Fab. Yeah. Um, all right. Dealing with the Fab. Not real busy last night. Uh, you picked up Andrew Stevenson. Uh, Rowdy Tillis yeah, only had a couple, that was stupid. cup of Connor uh, I don't Jones. know why. why why'd, you, why'd you get rid of Rowdy Tillis? Didn't he hit two home runs because, the other day? Yeah, um, and I had him on the reserve um, because <laughs> I was stupid. Um, the, the Brewers weren't they, for the last eight days and up until yesterday, the Brewers weren't playing him. And I'm like, okay, I've got 11 guys that are injured. I just need bodies yeah, to fill sure. in until yeah. Colin Moran and Brendan Belt come back. So I said, okay, I got to find, just find a hot bat. Somebody that's going to give me a bat just for a week. And, of course, Tavares hit two home runs last night. So great timing by me. <laughs> you also picked up Jake Woodford for the Cardinals? Yeah, I think I, I think he's going to stick around for a little bit. I think All he's right. going to get a couple starts. I, I still think that, that, that Flaherty and Michaelis are a couple weeks out. So I'm hoping to get – couple starts out of him I, again my pitching um like my offensive part of my team has been decimated um trevor rogers just went on the the il so i've seen a couple starts out of woodford and he, he's looked good in his last couple starts okay all right and then you uh picked up uh daza yeah what's going on with him why why didn't did, did, did people put a bid am, am i missing something i know he's been on the il but he's going to be coming back and and, and being I put a bid in for him too. I just you just outbid me. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he's productive when he plays. He just he struggles a little bit staying in that lineup. And I don't know. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, that's the Rockies. Yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, I, I think he's a productive player. Uh, Superhawks pick up Mikolos. Who, yes, Miles Michaelis. Michaelis. Uh, yep. He, it sounds like he's going to be out until August, but I guess he's just. Like, all right, I'll pick him and hold him. Uh, he also picked up Tuki Toussaint. 
that's funny because I want to say over the last three or four years, both Bob and I have continually been burned by Tucson. And I actually put a bid in for Tucson yesterday. Um, what did he bid? What did he get him for? Three. Let's see. Uh, for three, three bucks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe the fourth time around, Tucson's going to actually, it's going to uh, gel with him. Who knows? Okay. Uh, and Chris Owings, he drops Chris Owings um, back into the pool because Owings is hurt again. Uh, dudes, dudes pick up Matt Duffy for three bucks, uh, the infielder for the Cubs. Yep. Uh, maybe on an outside shot that Bryant gets traded. Um, yeah. And he picked up Jacob Stallings for seven. Yeah, that was an, an, another another uh, mistake by me. I probably should have kept him and just left Nola where you know on, on the reserve team. And I even put a, a bid to try and get Jacob Stallings back yesterday. Okay. And then yeah. the dudes pick, uh, dudes pick up Rich Hill, who got traded uh, from Tampa this week. Yeah, he was probably. Um, in my estimation, um, probably the biggest person out there in Fab. Did you put a bid in for Rich Hill? I didn't. No. I don't know. No? Didn't need him? <laughs> I don't know if it needed him. I don't know. If, I don't know. Rich Hill's, you know, yeah, he could pitch well. He could get blown up. I don't know. Right? I mean, it's not yeah, that's, the, that's, that's Rich Hill, and he'll yeah. do it all in five innings. <laughs> Assuming you got no blister, in which case it'll be two innings. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I didn't miss anybody. That's it, yep. That's it. Yep. All right. Eight Fab players by three teams. Okay. I think everybody's gearing up for Fabapalooza this, this coming yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so just a reminder, uh, trade deadline's 30 July, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, which is weird because it's 31 days in July. But anyway, and then ours will be the fifth. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I expect um, because there's been no – have you gotten any trade talk, any trade offers? It's seemingly quiet, but you tell me. You're more of a hub. No, it's quiet out there, um, Okay. at least what I'm aware of. Uh, and I think – and this is a time of year, too, with especially with the Bush League, is let's see what Major League Baseball does, and then yeah. the league will react to that. Okay. You know what I mean? So you, yeah. you think everybody's just kind of gearing up, and the trade talks will start – Probably post post fab next week because everybody wants to see who gets whom and then trade talks will begin. Yep. Yeah, and that's when they'll begin. Okay. That, that... So, so you know what? That that'll be good for ne- next week's the, the discussion, right? Because um, these top teams, uh, Statman and uh, Sewer Hawks, um, we'll we'll see if they're going to be making a move, right? Because it, it, it's shaping up to be a two horse race. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that right now. Um, yeah, Rick dropped off a little bit. Uh, I still think he has room to to grow here. I mean, he's he's once he can he can make a move and strikeouts. Um, so if, if he you, makes a deal, think... like he's another one that can make a deal for a, a lockdown closer, and I think he could pass you if he if he traded for Hater. I think he could pass the Sewer Hawks and the Auditors. Well, yeah, he would he would pass me because Hater would be coming from my team, so that would be a double That's uh, I, double whammy. Yeah. Does, does, does he have the intestinal fortitude to do this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, okay. I think he's I think he's going to see how uh, the Major League Baseball does, see what that does, and he'll react to that. 
So, so who holds the hammer in Fab this week? It's the Lakers and the Sewerhawks. They're both at sixty bucks. Okay. And I would argue that they both could use a pitcher and or a closer. So they might be bidding for the same player. Would be interesting if two players come over, how they work that. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they both could use a lockdown closer, and they both could use a pitcher. Um. Obviously, Rick could use offense. Bob, I, I think, would be indifferent to that. Um, I, I think the, the their scenario, their perfect scenario, would be a, 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 a top-level starter and a top-level offensive guy come over, and I think they would both benefit from that. But we'll, uh, well, I'll just I'll just tell both of them that you know I I have that top-level starter and I have that closer. Um, but if, if they don't get them next week, um, price is going way up. And both of, the, both of them know who I want. So Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the offer for Nectar Harris is always out there. I'll, I'll include an extra five bucks. If, <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay your entry fee next year to get my roster. All right. Um, and then you, you wanted to bring up some things about an injury report. You did a little analysis on Oh, this yeah. Sorry about that. I, I, I kind of forgot. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted to revisit injuries. And, you know, based, based upon um, Bob's truism that not all injuries are the same, which, which I, I, I absolutely uh, agree with, um, what I did yesterday, just real quick, a little data dump, was to take what was on the injury reports. Um, on the CBS website and take everyone's players. And then I'd say, uh, how do I measure the importance of each player for each team? And, and this was just a quick and dirty. And what I decided to do was just uh, sum uh, the percentage of each player, how they've been rostered, if you will. So, for instance, the Lakers um, have Kyle Schwarber on um, – on the injured list, he's been rostered by 84% of the the, the, the teams you know, on CBS Sports. So I gave him a rating of 84. Okay. Where someone like, um, let's just say, a Travis Shaw with Bill, uh, he's only rostered by with five five percent of the teams. So he, you know, he only gets five points. So sure. I, I just wanted to see, um, just a quick and dirty, who who's been affected most, bigger name players, if you will, by injuries, and it. it it really wasn't surprising to me, but the team that came in first at 579 injury points, if you will, was the Sewerhawks. And obviously that was led by um, players like Max Muncy and, and Acuna and Marte sure. and uh, Alcantara. Now, it doesn't take into account how long the player's out, but it's, it's just a quick and dirty. So, it, you know, once again, it, it kind of screams that the Sewerhawks might be in a, a bit of trouble. Um, number two. On the list, surprisingly to me, was the dudes. They have um, uh, a factor of 498, and that was led by uh, Castellanos going on the, the IL with that, uh, I think it was a micro wrist fracture. Yeah. yeah. And and, and he's, he also um, has Lindor out, and Lindor might be out. Isn't with Oblique? He might be out until mid-September or something like that. So that, that, that really hurts him. Um, he was second, and then... Um, third, in, in terms of um, impact with, with injuries, were the Ducks with 466. 
And, you know, some of that, um, I think, is inflated by the fact that Carlos Carrasco is rostered by 82% of the leagues. Um, I, I think that number's been rising because he's coming back. And then he also traded for Jack Flaherty, knowing that he was injured, and he's been rostered by 96% uh, of leagues, and he should be back um, sometime early August. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and, and just, just real quickly, the team that has been least affected as we stand today are the Bearcats. Um, they have um, only three players on the IL, which is unheard of. And, you know, one of them is uh, Ender Enciarte, which is rostered by 1% of the leagues. And another one is Eric Gonzalez, which is rostered by 2% of the leagues. So, um, yeah, he hasn't been hurt too bad. Well, so that could be indicative of he's he's had a really good, healthy year for his team or all his players, none of them are any good. It's, so when they go on the it, DL, it only adds a couple points. Um, it's, it's the latter. He's not very good. Okay. <laughs> Oh boy, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting, and and you're right. It, there is a weight to it, and uh, that, that's a big that's a big hit for Bob, for the Seahawks. Yeah. yeah, it's a big hit. And I, I I imagine Bob Freeze was probably right in the middle for a little bit because he had a lot of guys out, and they all came back pretty much the same time, and that's would explain his climb in the standings too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he had a factor of, of of 145. He also had only three players, but one of the players, and this is a player, he could be contending with Rick if if Cody Bellinger oh. had any kind of year. I, I mean, know. he just looks lost these days, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's it it's just really bad. He can't find himself, and he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Nope. Um, all right. Uh, so we got trades. We we well, we just had the really the one trade of a guy coming over from the other league um, with Rich Hill. And I think Bill McKinney went to the Dodgers, the outfielder. for Yeah. Uh, and and I, when I was talking to Case about it, he thinks that's McKinney's fourth team in a calendar year. Uh, that could be because he – I thought it's at least his third, right, because he started with the Brewers this year. It's his third And then this moved year. to the Mets. Yeah, and he thinks he came from Toronto. Oh, okay. Well, you know, let's check that year. out real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so four teams in in a calendar year, yeah. Don't don't register your kids for school. You're gonna be here long. Start doing homeschool. Uh, I I think he got he got just uh, uh, three at bats last year with Toronto, and I think this okay. year um, it was spent with um, Milwaukee, um, the Mets, and the Dodgers. So within a 12 month period, he was he's probably on four teams maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so Rich Hill goes to the Mets. We, we talked about that. Uh, all right, let, let's talk about some baseball news real quick. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Thoughts? Well, let, let's just jump back for a second. Oh, so, okay. um, you know, it, the beginning of this year, um, the Cleveland baseball team announced that they were dropping um, the nickname Indians to be um, culturally sensitive, which probably is, is long overdue. And there's been this, I, I, I guess they've done studies. They spent, you know, some, some money trying to decide on a name. In fact, we talked about this at, at the podcast, right? On one yeah. of the podcasts earlier in the year. Yep. Um, you had said, what nickname did you come up with, you and Bill? The Spiders, because that was the original yeah. name. Okay, right, right. And, you know, um, mine was a long shot. I said the, uh, the River Fire um, in, <laughs> in tribute to the Cuyahoga yep. uh, 
Cuyahoga River catching on fire in the 60s. But the name they came up with was what? The Guardians. What the hell was that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm so I, thank God it's in the American League because I don't really care about the American League. But <laughs> you know, I, I, like, come on, what are we doing here? Okay, did did you see? Um, it, 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 I mean, they they, they they got beat up so bad on, on Twitter. Um, but they actually had a promotional video. I don't know if you saw it, and it was narrated. I mean, they spent money to have Tom Hanks narrate this this video and it made no sense to me it made absolutely no sense check check it out sometimes yeah, you know I... youtube it. It, it it it's bad but I, I thought well how did they come up with the names of guardians and I, I i'm thinking that cleveland because they're extremely cheap franchise what they wanted to do was just change a couple of letters on the uniform so they took out the in in indians and oh. replaced it with the G U A R. right nice. And boom, uniform's done. So they'll just use whiteout on the letterhead? And just <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do a find and replace, and boom, yeah. it's done. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Because oh if you've done studies and you're asking people their opinion, and that's what you come up with, oof. Yeah, and this is the reaction uh, you get afterward? Yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe that the, maybe their 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 city what are they called city work city uniforms um, by uh, Nike will be much much more inventive I don't know <laughs> and we know how you feel about those kind of uniforms yeah uh, <laughs> luckily I won't have to watch them um, and then Eddie Alvarez makes it another appearance on our podcast he's a former yeah. Marlins player he's the U.S. flag bearer at the Olympic opening ceremonies yeah he along with a uh, super. Um, well, isn't that nice to see? Um, I guess he's playing on the uh, baseball team, former okay. um, second baseman of the Marlins, who yep. was up for a couple of, of Connor Joe last year. But he, if, if you remember on our previous podcast, we talked about this. He won a, a medal in the 2014 Olympics in speed skating. Right. Yeah, that's why we brought it up. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. And then yes. uh, there was an all-female broadcast team for the Orioles-Rays game on Tuesday. Yeah, probably long overdue, and uh, th this is probably um, how much of a curmudgeon that, that, that I am, that whenever I hear a female voice um, broadcasting baseball games, um, I'm, I'm still kind of taken back. I'm like, whoa, you know, did I just hear that correctly? Because I'm just not used to it. But um, I think the, the Yankees, the, the radio, Susan Waldman has been doing baseball games for 20 years, 25 years with the Yankees. Yeah. And I think the San Francisco Giants, their public address announcers, female for 20 yes. years. Yeah. 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 So good, good for them. That's, 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 that's good. Good for baseball for trying to move into the 21st century. All right. Um, yeah. Other than that, there wasn't much news in baseball. I guess next no, week will uh, be the big Just news. trade rumors, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. making their living on trade rumors. I hate it. I'm, I know. I do too. Yeah. All right, um, we do have a TWIB noted. Uh, this Week in Beer uh, brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. So uh, I shared with you early before we got on air that I had a germ of an idea, and I think it's got a lot of holes in it, but I'm going to share it anyway. So That's with, okay. Yeah, with Rick graduating here soon, becoming a professional, right? Uh, brewer, yeah. A professional brewer, and uh, maybe we – my, my thought was to develop a microbrew 
brewery. Uh, you know, a, not a brick and mortar type thing. That's not what okay. I was talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd be curious if people had the interest, specifically him, uh, to uh, to do this. And I, you know, it, it'd be a type of thing where uh, we we can we can call it like a Bush League Brewery, and each of us have a beer. You get you have a rooster and a space auditor, and uh, yeah. Okay, so so a couple of things to that. Um, are, are you talking about um, home brewing versus a you know a, a brick and mortar? Building type of thing. Again, it's a germ of an idea. I, I, I have okay. because right. I'll, I'll even know what the barriers to entry are. For I imagine they're not that strong, right? It's not like you you know you start in an airline. There's a lot of barriers to entry there, but I don't I yeah. don't think a a, a, a microbrew has a lot of barriers to entry. I I just never even done the research on it. It was an idea that popped in my head last night. That that's well, how I, much of a germ of an idea it is. I, I would be interested to know if if Rick actually has um, home brewing equipment because I, I, I guess it, it actually has some merit if we're talking about um, home brewing. But I guess I would be interested, and I'm going to throw this out to the listeners um, that if if this this germ of an idea does 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 spread, um, and we had a Bantam Rooster beer, what type of beer would it be? Or it would- you know. Have your on your own team. You know, what kind of what, what kind of beer would the Space Auditor beer be, or or the Statman? I know the Statman beer would really should, should really be a stout. The rooster that's his favorite type of beer. The rooster beer would be a beer for the people. That's a beer for the people. <laughs> I don't hmm. even know what that means. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Um, I, I I know that the the the, the Sorhawks beer. Would be um, these are just I'm spitballing here. A lot of would, would definitely would definitely be a light beer. Yeah, yeah. With, with, with very with very little taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the, the the rebels beer would be non-alcoholic because of his age. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see, Bearcats. Um, Bearcats beer would be who knows? It would just be a mishmash of all leftover ingredients thrown into one, and as long as it has alcohol content in it, he would be fine with that. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I'm and I'm thinking of the Bulls. If they had a beer, it doesn't matter what kind of beer it is, as long as it was named Golden Monkey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, so it, a Belgian ale for, for, for we'll, get, we'll say a Belgian ale for the Bulls. It didn't have the effects of a Golden Monkey. It tastes like a Golden <laughs> Monkey, but it doesn't affect you as if you drank Golden. Monkey. There you go. So that was just spitballing. Everybody just send in what they think. We'll we'll, we'll read it next week. Yeah. And the other reason I thought is we're, we're getting to the point where we have guys with time on their hands. Right? What, like you and me? We don't have time on our hands, do we? Bob Freeze. Yeah, maybe, maybe we do. Yeah. Yeah, and Bill, Bill of next year, right? Bill. I think he's planning on retiring. Yeah. We'll find out We'll find out with Tom, Tom the Luddite, um, what, what he has time for. Maybe, maybe, some, uh, uh, maybe he can get an iPhone and he can have tutorial classes from a, you know, a 13-year-old on, on how to use an iPhone. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking is really just selfish for you and I. Because what's that? What's selfish? Well, if we if we started a Bush League Brewing Company, we could name it on the podcast and then charge back. So we can... Oh yeah, oh we certainly would. We certainly would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, I, I'd be interested to to hear some guys' thoughts on it. That's all. Yeah. All right. Like it. Uh, podcast follow up. We talked uh, last week in the Today in Baseball history of the 
Red Sox and the Twins grounded into 10 double plays, and you found that Kevin Romine grounded into two of them. And uh, Kevin is – I remember Kevin Romine, and he's the dad of Austin Romine. Yeah, um, I, I was actually, first of all, kind of surprised that I was really hoping – to see somebody ground into three double plays. I don't know what the major league record is, but I think that would be awesome. And I, I, I don't, rem- I, I, I remember the name Kevin Romine, but I think he spent most of his career, if not all of it, in the American League. That's why I don't really know what kind of career he had, nor do I know much about his son's career, um, Austin Romine. Uh, I know he's hanging out with the uh, the Cubs, but I think he's been on the IL most of the year. Yeah, I think Kevin Romine. Uh, became a cop. Well, a cop? Yeah, after he retired. Really? How do you know that? That's weird. I looked him up. Yeah, after his okay. retirement, uh, Romine became a police detective in uh, in Los Angeles. 21 years. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Huh. Pretty, pretty interesting career. I can, right? I can see you doing that. Nah. No? It seems like a lot of work at this point in my life. <laughs> At one point in your life, right? Yeah, because it mixes yeah. some of the social science in yeah. with, you know, you, you'd like to do research and, you know, understand people, that type of thing. Yeah, I think you would be good. Yeah. You could have your own theme music, too. <laughs> Hopefully it's better than that Columbo theme music. We <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? We'll never forget that one. That was a swing in the myth. I apologize. I'm still apologizing That's for that. That's right. We'll, we'll fix it. It was the first time we did that. We'll fix it. Okay. All right. Today in baseball history, 1956, Roberto Clemente hits hits uh, the first walk off grand slam in Major League Baseball history to beat the Cubs. Arriba. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did you say the first in his his first or Major League's first? The first, first. walk off uh, inside the park grand slam. Oh, inside the park. Sorry. Inside the park grand slam. Gotcha. Yeah. And he hit nine inside the park homers in his 18-year career. Is, is that the most? That seems like a lot. It's not. I, I I I tried to do some research on it, and I probably got sidetracked at some point. Um, I don't think he holds the record. Uh, but it, what, it, I mean, he he was speedy. Why do you think he had so many? Well, that doesn't something's not right there. Forbes Field was giant. Was it? Yeah. Tell me about it. I don't, I don't know much about Forbes Field. Well, it's sit in the middle of the Oakland section of Pittsburgh. Um, and the, you can still see the home plate and the center field wall where the flag is, is still there as well. It's a, the school put a building there. Um, it, so it's on the university of Pitt campus. Is that what you're saying? It's right on the campus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is a, it was a large ballpark and I'm, I'm trying to, I have a picture of me and Case. So center field's 462. Holy cow. Yeah, and they had a flag in play. Um, so it's three, it was 360 on the left field line, then it arced out to 462 in center, and then brought it back a little bit to 376 in right. Wow. If you hit a ball in the right center field, that's up the alley, literally. <laughs> yeah. So you could see how if uh, – Center fielder or right fielder got a bad jump on a fly ball that he hit. Yeah, he was he was probably going to score. Four sixty two. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture now. Holy cow! Yeah, and that that uh, yeah that that was a spacious ballpark. He had 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He had nine years where he played in Forbes Field where he had double-digit triples. Mm, okay. All yeah. right. You know, I never knew that. I never knew the park was, the, was that side. That's, size. That's pretty good. 166 triples in his career. Wow. That's, that's – and he, he doesn't lead the league or, you know, major mm. league baseball. So – Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, so that that was I found that interesting. Uh, 1978, Pete Rose gets a hit in his 38th consecutive game, breaking the National League record held by Tommy Holmes of the Braves. Uh, Rose's streak was eventually stopped at 44 games, I think, against the Braves. Do you remember this when this was going on? This was a big deal. I in do. Philadelphia at that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, he was in Cincinnati at the time. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. That, uh, that's why it was a big deal. But I I did remember seeing the game because I think they would cut in to TV when he was up. And I remember the game where he didn't get a hit. Yeah. And he would, he would drop bunts once in a while, like just to, just to keep that streak going. Um, Yeah. I I thought it was interesting. It's funny that Willie Keeler has the national league record at 45, but it was over two seasons. So I think Rose is the, you know, he he looks at himself as the National League leader at 44 because he did it in one one season. Okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. And I think Rollins, Jimmy Rollins had a 39 or hit 39 game hit streak. He did it over two seasons as well. Yeah. Which makes a difference. There's a big difference. You know, when you have I, that. I think I think pretty much all of us have that kind of hitting streak in wiffle ball still going over, what, 20 seasons. <laughs> Did you ever take the collar in wiffle ball? Um, uh, you know what? It, it's I I don't think so. That's because I you know I rolled over a lot of balls and just could beat them out. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the best way to get on. Just put the ball in play. It is. <laughs> All right, and then 2012, Cole Hamels becomes the highest paid Philly with a six-year, 144 million dollar contract. Um, I looked at Hamels' stats; they're actually pretty good. He, he right now he's at he's 163 and 122 record, a 3.43 ERA, a 1.145 WHIP, which is pretty good, and he's got 2,500 strikeouts. And, and that's all with the Phillies, or is that over his no, career? No, that's over his career. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I have a couple questions to that. It, so when you said he was the highest paid Philly, I, I, I'm just looking at AAV on that. It's about $25 million a year. Is, is that the largest contract? No, 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 never mind. I, I guess at the time, right? Because yeah, Because Bryce Harper is probably yeah. now, now the highest, right? Yeah, because Bryce is at 30 yeah. or something. Never mind, I just answered my own question. Yeah, but I, I thought it was a pretty good career for a guy that I thought had like two good months in his career. <laughs> Wait, wait, what do you mean two good months? Like September and October of 08, he put himself on the map. But even during that year, he wasn't he wasn't the Phillies' best pitcher in that year. You know who, No, who who was it? Jamie Moore. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, Hamels and then 2009 he was a disaster and he had some good years with the uh, with the Rangers, but I don't think he ever really won more than 14 games with the Phillies. Like he, he was never a twenty game winner or anything. And I'm I'm looking at his stats now. Yeah, he was he won fifteen, he won seventeen games in in two thousand twelve. 
that's pretty good. Yeah, it was seventeen to six. That's pretty good. Um, but the Phillies were five hundred by then, and never won more than fifteen games with Texas, and pretty average with with uh, he's five hundred with Chicago. So, but it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good, pretty good numbers though. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a nice career, and and I think the Superhawks are hoping that. Uh, mm-hmm. That Hamels uh, resurrects his career, right? Yeah. Did, does, is he still on his roster? Yes. Did he pick him up last week? He is. He did not drop him yeah. last. Uh, he didn't drop okay. him this week. All right. Uh, all right. So what are you walking off with? Um, I, I don't know. Have you been watching any of the Olympics? I have, and but I've been watching during the day, and they don't show the best stuff during the day. I mean, there's there's so many. Well, yeah. I mean, a 13 hour time difference with um, um, with Tokyo. Um, but there's, I guess I'm just surprised by the fact that, first of all, I do like the Olympics, but just the number of events and just, did you know there's like three on three basketball now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. Okay. And, you know, a lot of skateboarding and that type of thing. And I'm thinking, Hey, you know, if this is, you know, a free for all and uh, all come, but why not wiffle ball? Thank you. Why not wiffle ball in the Olympics? What do you think about that? That's what I think. If, I mean, okay. I'm looking at the sports now, Jamie, and I don't think wiffle ball is any different than what we got going on. Three on three basketball. <laughs> if three on three basketball is a pickup game in your driveway, that's what. Three and that's three... how the court's shaped. Have you seen it? Have you seen them play? No. Yeah, no. They, they 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 play they play half court. You got 12 seconds to shoot, and um, you know if they miss a rebound, you just have to throw the ball back past. Three point line, um, and the clock starts all over again, and back in, and it's it's yeah, yeah. it's it's like, fast fast pace. Yeah, so they they have pickup basketball, they have badminton, something you play at a picnic. That's not Olympics. If that's an Olympic sport, wiffle ball is as well. Beach hand, how about this? Beach handball. About, I don't even know what the hell that is. Beach handball. Yeah, it's like they're oh, making boy. stuff up. There's one thing called breaking. What is breaking? I have no idea. Wait, wait, wait. Beach? Wait, I, I'm still trying to get the beach handball. Is this men's and women? Oh, you? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. And okay. Then, All right. Well, I can, I can already guess the outfits. All right. Breaking is, I don't know what it is. I, I have no idea what breaking is. And I agree with you that if we're making up stuff, ping pong is played in people's basements. That's Wait, breaking that's a, is I'm I'm a little slow here. You said breaking? Breaking, that's what it's I I'm I'm on the olympics.com sports. The list of is, is, is this kind of like breakdancing from the 80s and 90s? I I can't tell. I I it's honest to god I can't tell. Uh, yeah, it is. Breaking also known as breakdancing is a form of street dance. Yeah, and it's <laughs> becoming a sport. So I agree with you that if we're having olympic sports that you can play in your basement or you play during a picnic, then wiffle ball is clearly more of a sport than beach handball, aerobic, aerobic gymnastics. I don't know what that is. Uh, breaking. Uh, that's I don't understand that. Um, BMX biking. Like, yeah. Why is why is that an Olympic sport? Just because people like to do it doesn't mean it's an Olympic sport. But if we're going that so, direction, wiffle ball should be a five-on-five well, wiffle ball. Yeah, well, you know, you seem to hit upon a common theme of of, of, of games that you either play in your backyard or in your basement, right? Yeah. So why not why not try and combine some events? So, for instance, 
you know, um, you remember the game Lawn Darts or Jarts? Yes. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What they should do is combine that game with the javelin throw and yeah. put a big hoop out there. Yeah, and make them drink beer out, out of a can from a cooler. And let's just see how good they are then. Shotgun it. Yeah. That's right. Anybody can play these oh sports. My. Then you're playing on a picnic, you probably have a couple beers in you. Let's see what you can do. Okay. Well, right. well then croquet should be a game. We used to play some meat croquet when croquet? I was in high school. Yeah, I remember that game. I, yeah, that was a yeah. fun game. I agree All right. So, so everybody, be, besides telling us what your team beer would be or others' team beer would be, Tell us uh, what what Olympic sports what uh, what they should include in the twenty twenty four Olympics. Yeah, summer, not winter. And maybe maybe with they could have wiffle ball for like over sixty, and we can use the fat Albert bats. <laughs> hey hey hey! <laughs> I don't know. Can we say that anymore? <laughs> no no, we would ban that. In fact, I would I would not do that. Just from that, yeah yeah, yeah we, exactly. We'll press on. Albert wasn't fat. He was just big boned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he did, he, he did have his shady side, which we won't discuss. Well, no, Fat Albert wasn't Bill Cosby. He was a friend of Bill Cosby's. Yeah. All right. Guilt yeah. by association. <laughs> you can't do that. It doesn't mean Fat Albert's a criminal. He's just, you know, he just has one sweater and he wears jeans. He's a little heavy. That's all. All right. Uh, you know what? Yeah, we, I don't want to really get on this path, but I'm, I'm worried about recidivism. So let's we'll press on. Okay. Uh, Sunday, August 1st, we got the Ducks. Right? Hey, wait, yeah, are you walking off already? That's what I walked off with. I asked you what you were walking off with. Yeah, but but what was your walk-off? With the ball, it's an Olympic sport. Oh, was, so wait, I didn't put that on there? I did. Oh, my gosh. I thought I'd put it on there. No. <laughs> All the letters confuse you. Darn. All right. I Well, you know what? I, I was meaning to put it on there. So we were both thinking alike. Man, we've, we've merged into one brain now. This is really this is really scary. And I'm sure I'll put it out there. The, the Hawks are probably thinking, that, yeah, the two of them only have one brain between them. So, yeah. All right. Good so, luck keeping your lead, Hawks. You know, the, the phrase that popped in my head when you realized you didn't type it in was for god's sakes man let me help you <laughs> that may be going on is the greatest bushly quote of all time <laughs> god's sakes man let me help you <laughs> oh my so yes you're right uh august 1st we have confirmed the the ducks um for next sunday um we're hoping to get the bearcats on august 8th and revs if you're still listening to this podcast um we're hoping to have you on the 15th before you go back to to school. And um, if, if you can, if you could be on a landline, because I don't know there's some weird things going on around your, your cell phone um, around your house. Did, did you have a suggestion there, Raj? Yeah, landline. Uh, and if and you still have time to install one. <laughs> and a modem. And a mo- <laughs> an, an old dial-up. An old dial-up modem. That'd be great. Oh my gosh! Can yeah. you imagine? Can you imagine Bob with an old dial-up modem and CBS Sports? Boy, he would blow a gasket. I guess the other thing I could do is I, I we I can record him on Zoom. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll uh, if that's it. I, I think we hit the end here. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a good ending. That was kind of strange. Um, but um, yeah, that was uh, that was good. I will talk to you next week. Enjoy the Olympics and stay safe. All right, champ. See you.